0: Welcome to the Recovering Perfectionist Podcast, where I empower you to develop sustainable habits, challenge society, and take messy action. I'm Christine, life balance coach and world champion ballroom dancer, and I believe that everyone has the power to create their very own life by design. The Recovering Perfectionist podcast was created with a mission to encourage a life of abundance by finding peace and acceptance in our own imperfections and developing healthy self-love through sustainable habits and manifestation. It's time to align with the universe for the full human experience and redefine what it really means to be successful. Uh It's too good, the secret is out and wow, Uh uh-huh. Welcome back to the recovering perfectionist podcast. I am so, so, so happy that you all are here today. I have the most amazing woman on the show with me today. Her name is Kristen Jenna. She doesn't know that she changed my life, but she did. (laughs) And she is a manifestation coach and spiritual guide. All of the things we're going to get into all the things, Kristen, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today.
1: Of course, what an intro. (laughs) That was so sweet. I'm so honored to hear that I changed your life and I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is long overdue, I feel. Um, I, Kristen hosts a podcast called The Pursuit of Bliss and she has many curriculums and programs and academies and things like that, that I have been blessed to be a part of. And she has really helped give me the confidence. Um, I think the biggest thing that you did for me, not just certifying me and all the things, you know, in coaching, but you made a tough exterior woman feel her feelings. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing to hear. My favorite thing to hear. That is where it started for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to get into all that because there's just so many things I feel like we can cover, but I just really want um, you to just kind of give, I know it's gonna be hard, but a little bit of a clip notes version of kind of, you know, who you are and, and, you know, kind of your, your value system and kind of, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Right. So
1: I'm Kristen Jenna. Uh, I like Christina said, I am a manifestation coach, uh, but the definition of that has really evolved over the past few years. Uh, since I started, like, I think Christine, when you first started working with me, I think the way I was teaching is so much different than it is now. And so, like you said, it's so hard to give this cliff notes version of what I do and my values because it's, it's evolved so deeply. And the place it is now, it's almost hard to describe it in words, the work that I really do, Mm -hmm. but you kind of, if we were to summarize it, um, you kind of did it. I help people feel their feelings, but that sounds a lot. Um, more simple than it really is a lot more simplified yes uh, the truth of it is the way I teach manifestation now is really learning to attract and magnetize to us what is in alignment with us without having to effort or overforce it
0: mm.
1: not saying that there is no effort but not having to force effort not having to fight with life to get what we want mm-hmm. but in order to get there we have to unleash our natural magnetism like this radiance we have within us but that can only be released if we break down the walls around our heart which mm. means we have to be willing to feel our feelings and a yeah. lot of really deep pain that we've been hiding there for a really long time. And it can be difficult to do. And it takes a lot of courage to actually mm. go there because you have to face some really dark depths within yourself. Well, uh, things you what- don't
0: even know what you might mm-hmm. find. That's the exactly what part I think. That
1: is, well, you know what I think is even scarier is on an unconscious level, you do know what you're going to find. Mm. But your conscious mind is almost, Hiding it from you because it doesn't want you to go there because it's so scary. Right. So there's like a piece of both. It's like, ooh, a part of me knows what's down there, doesn't want to go. And this other part of me is unwilling to even think about what's down there mm-hmm. and also doesn't want to go. Right. And so to move past that can be really challenging. But, you know, when we're willing to do that, when we're willing to feel everything that is here for us and we shift our relationship to the present moment. And all of the sensations that we're experiencing, that's when we begin to actually magnetize what is meant for us uh, because we kind of unleash all parts of us, especially the parts of us that feel, like we said, really scary, really dark, really icky and have been hidden for a reason.
0: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so I and I talk about this a lot on my podcast that I grew up with you know, a very positive childhood. My, my parents are very positive, always pushing me to do all the things that I wanted to do. And especially my dad, like it was all about if something's going wrong, like let's look at the, you know, the glass half full, what's the, what's the positive side of things. And I think, or let's go out and have fun. Let's go dance. Let's go do this. And that felt like a distraction. Like after a certain point, it worked up until, until it didn't. And then it got to a point where when you start, when you came into my life and started like helping me unlearn some of these, what I now call defense mechanisms that were Mm -hmm. helping me just get through life. Cause I grew up in a very, you know, as you know, um, competitive athletic field that was all about judging and perfectionism and all these things. And really like feeling your feelings, like you feel them, but in a very acting way on the dance floor, when you're doing a sexy rumba, or you're doing a angry pasta doble, but you're Mm -hmm. not like, like, if you're tired from jet lag, like, it doesn't matter. You got to get on the floor, you know? So, when you started helping me understand um, to not to create, to hold white space, to create time and space for me to actually digest what was happening in my life. And not just distract myself. You know, that was really hard for my dad and I because he's like, he hated to see, he felt like he was seeing me depressed. Mm. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm just, as you call it, going through the mush, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I'm going through it. I'm (laughs) becoming a butterfly. I'm doing all the things. But it took so long for me to reprogram my brain to understand that, like, this is a normal feeling. And I kind of have to go through it in order to get to the rainbow on the other side. Yeah, Because I wasn't raised that way. I was raised like, you know, quit being sad. Let's be happy. Let's figure it out. Like there's a good side of this. And it's like, yeah, there is. But like, this is helping me heal heal and go through my trauma. No matter, you know, big, small, doesn't matter. Trauma's trauma. And allowing me to understand how to kind of close a chapter on certain things so that I can actually move through with better intention and stronger you know, a stronger mindset because it's not plaguing me anymore instead of just putting a bandaid over it. And it's like, let's go dance and distract ourselves and let's move on. And then it just keeps popping up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the bandaid is the easy thing to do. And I think a lot of us were raised very similar, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, be positive, be grateful, don't Mm cry Mm. or get in trouble when we get angry or we're told to shut up or whatever. Everyone Mm -hmm. has a different story but so many of us become adults who've learned to push away our emotions. And what happened is we learned at a very young age that as we perceived, we were less lovable when we were in certain emotional states, right? Right. If I'm too stressed, if I get too angry, if I'm too sad, whatever it might be.
0: Don't be dramatic.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to receive love. And so Mm -hmm. we push these parts of ourselves deep, deep down. And we learn to just, like you said, put the bandaid, be happy, Mm -hmm. be grateful, just ignore the tiredness or the stress. And, you know, these, like you said, defense mechanisms or patterns, whatever you want to call them, did serve us for a time period. We Mm -hmm. needed them to survive. So they're not bad but we become adults who now no longer need them and they can block us if we don't rewrite them. And so what you're really doing, like you said, you almost felt like you were depressed for a time period. And it can feel really overwhelming because when you bring these parts of you to the surface, when you allow yourself, you validate yourself and allow yourself, give yourself permission to experience the pain that you pushed away your entire life. It can be overwhelming, but what you're really doing, what you're rewiring on a subconscious level is, I am lovable in this state.
0: Mm. I no
1: longer need to hide this part of me because it doesn't feel worthy of love. I am willing to accept and love myself here. Even if it's difficult, I can love myself here. And that it's like, we get to reintegrate these parts for ourselves as we're feeling these emotions. It's more than just feeling sad. You're reintegrating a part of yourself that you ostracize your entire life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when you reintegrate these parts of yourselves, it's like you're pulling them out of the shadows and bringing them into the light, these deep, deep dark parts of ourselves, we're becoming more embodied in our wholeness. And when Mm. we're more embodied in our wholeness, we become more radiant because our natural radiance and energy that we've always had is now more intact. It's like, we're like retrieving these parts of ourselves. And as we do that, we begin to more naturally become able to attract things to us that are meant for us without having to struggle to do so because these parts of ourselves that were always a match for what we're meant for, are now integrated. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. That was, little- that was, but it was, a, but in a beautiful way, like, I don't think that a lot of people, that was one of the things I loved about working with you is I don't think a lot of people know how to explain things the way that you do. And I think that's why your podcast is so successful too, because, mm-hmm. um, and we'll have all the links for Kristen's stuff. So you guys can all listen to it in the show notes, obviously, but you, you capture this soul of people when they are just the, the raw and organicness of how you conversate on your podcast um, just makes it so relatable. And then you go into these deep, dark tunnels and rabbit holes that you're just like, how did we get here? Like what just
1: happened? (laughs) I'm always asking myself that
0: (laughs) like, we're all like on board with you. And we're talking about you living in Costa Rica and doing all the things. And I'm like, yeah, like, and this is how you got there. And yeah, that's, you know, you can't let anyone bring you down. And you're like all on this. And then all of a sudden, like, we're in this like deep, dark, like, but not deep, dark in a bad way, like Mm -hmm. deep, dark in a, wow, we got deep. Like you so quickly go from, you know, it's like, if it's sunny and 70 degrees, and now all of a sudden it's like, you know, 32 and snowing Mm -hmm. in a matter of 10 minutes. And you're just like, (laughs) how did this happen? But both are beautiful in their own way. And you allow us to see the beauty in the darkness because there's a beauty there too. There's a healing. And I think that's what it was for me is that there's a lot of different words that don't resonate with certain people. And I think that's why it gets scary. You know, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. It's traumatic, you know, all these things. But I think for me, I needed to heal, you know, and I needed to figure out who I was because I was living in the deep, dark shadows of my dad. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, like I just went back to Kansas city and everyone's like, oh, you're Louis daughter," And I'm like, yeah, I'm also like 33 and married now. And I have a new last name, like (laughs) quit living in a time capsule, you know, but like, it doesn't trigger me as much anymore because I've found who Christine is, not just as my own woman, but now I'm a wife, you know, and I get to, I get to define who I am, not just because I'm someone's kid, Mm -hmm. you know? And so by doing that, um, just finding those, those dark places, but, but realizing that there's healing in that. And when you come out and see the light again, you feel so much more just strong and empowered and standing in your own space and not feeling like anyone's defining you. Like, what is your favorite color? What is your favorite food? I mean, a lot of those things, like I thought I knew, and then I was like, wow, I don't, think that's me. That -hmm. might be just what's I'm absorbing in my environment. And we get so trapped in that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's easy to, and I think
1: most people, we, I would say almost everyone growing up Mm -hmm. a lot, I would say like, you know, 80% of our personalities of our likes and dislikes, our way of interacting with the world, uh, it's all kind of, survival instincts and defense mechanisms that we built in childhood and that's not necessarily a bad thing but when we become so attached to this identity of who we think we are and we're unwilling to stray from that that's when we get really really stuck uh because in order to break free from really in order to have the life that you want have more freedom which everyone wants more freedom to Mm -hmm. have more freedom you need to break free from the old identities and in order right. to do that, you need to go through the death of those parts of you.
0: Yeah,
1: And that can be part of what we're talking about, this deep, dark, kind of scary, I don't know what you call it, time period, I guess, or yeah. like you say, mush, I call it like mush, the void, dark night the of the void. soul, whatever yeah. name you have for it. But that's part of the experience is being able to let go of parts of you that are no longer in alignment with who you're becoming. And that can be really scary. It can be really uncomfortable. It can be really sad. It means facing the truth of, I don't know who I am Mm. and that's okay. I don't need to know who I am. I don't need to have the answers. And I actually don't need to stick to one identity. And on top of that, like you were saying, you don't get triggered as much by your dad. When you go through this process, you're letting go of parts of you that were built off of receiving love Mm -hmm. unconsciously. Right. And that is also scary because that means, Oh my gosh. I'm no longer protecting myself to make sure that I'm not rejected. Right. That means that I'm the one who's in charge of making sure that I receive all of the love that I need. And that's a big, big, big task. Well, and prepared. I think I
0: think that's where people have the disconnect mm-hmm. is they're like, I can guarantee I'm getting my cup full from these people. But if I cut myself off from that, or if I start to change my ways or change my opinions on things, I may not receive the same love and I can't, and I don't know how to fill my own cup. Yeah. And that's the thing is if we taught kids how to fill their own cup, they wouldn't be searching for external love.
1: Yeah. I think that's really important. Teaching them how to fill their own cup and also teaching them not to be afraid or to reject what is a natural part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. Teach them how to honor every sensation that they feel in their body and in their life and to be present with those, because then we would never go through this fragmentation process, at least Mm -hmm. not to such an extreme. We're fragmenting all of these parts of ourselves and pushing them away. Like we're saying to receive love. And so if that was taught at a really young age, then we would, and I'm hoping the next generation, it's like each generation, we're getting better and better. And so maybe we'll be there. But from a young age learning that so we don't have to go through these deep processes like you and I are discussing. And I truly believe that us having the courage and the bravery to go through these deep, deep, deep processes, these deep, you know, identity deaths and mm-hmm. going deep into our pain and all of this. It's really difficult. But I believe that us doing this is we're saving the next generation for, from having to do it.
0: Right. Because or, just, can- or just having an easier path. Mm-hmm. to doing it you know um i think about that all the time you know when my husband and i start talking about having kids and all that stuff which has always been you know um a huge fear of mine as you know um and i've been working through that i've actually been doing hypnotherapy classes and working through a lot of those fears um but i'm excited for the raising them part cuz i'm like oh my god i have so many tools to share with you like i have so many things to help you Not, I mean, parents say that all the time, not make the same mistakes I did, but it's more so like, this is the way the world works and don't be afraid of your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, but again, our we can't be mad at our parents. We don't, they don't know what they don't know. And so now they're learning. I mean, my parents are now going through therapies and different things like that at 60 something, Mm -hmm. and we're doing it at late 20s, early 30s something. And so our kids are going to do it even earlier because the tools and resources are there, the focus on mental health is there. You know mm-hmm. it's a different world that they're going to be growing up in, which I'm very excited about. Um, and the opportunity to rewrite some of this therapy is bad stigma, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, this is
1: I get so excited when I think about having kids in the next generation because I know there's a lot of talk about, oh, I don't want to have kids. The world is such a scary place. Oh. It seems like it's getting worse and worse. We have we've all had of that this conversation, going on. yeah, yeah, you know, but. I understand that viewpoint, and I have moments of that, of course. But I kind of have the opposite perspective, because you know my belief is that we change the world by changing ourselves. Mm. And I think Michael did Michael
0: Jackson say that? Right? I'm not sure
1: who said looking, it. I'm sure many at, people no, said it. No,
0: but like um, you know, the man in the mirror, right? You want to change the world, change the, change man herself, the right. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think it's just such it's like an iconic thing, but it's actually it's so
1: true. And I think most people yeah. don't actually embody that. And they think we need to change the world in order to make it okay for the next generation. But I think that we need to be working on ourselves to make ourselves ready to raise the next generation so that they're raised as the people who are ready. I mean, just who they are will already shift. The world as it is and the way it operates. And uh-huh. I think it's really important that we bring people, children, the next generation into this world in this new energy frequency way of thinking, et cetera, right. because that is how we make the world a better place. We don't do it by trying to force the world to be a better place. Not to say that there is an action that should right. be taken, but I think that oftentimes this part of it is kind of, um, overlooked
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: um, When I think about the next generation, I feel really excited. Um,
0: Yeah. Because you're right. They're
1: starting. It's going to be accelerated for them.
0: Oh my God. They're going to have so many tools and coaches and things available to them that we didn't know we needed until we needed it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, even so even, you know, segue here into like a financial education because you started off as a money coach Mm -hmm. and I thought that was so cool all the programs that I got from you, you threw in your, you know, bonus money mindset. Um, That is a huge, it's been a huge uh, limiting belief for me specifically, but I think for so many people to money drive society, we know that. Um, But we let it take control of us and our mind and what we do. And I love the things that you've shared, you know, with some of your your programs about how money it's never going to be easier to make a big ticket purchase. You Mm. just learn how to trust yourself more. And the amount of money that you and I both spend on coaching. I mean, you spent way more than I have because I'm behind you, but, (laughs) but it's addicting. Once you realize you can get these results, you're like how we allocate funds to certain things that we feel are extracurricular or luxury. When in reality, it's like, this is your mental health. We put money towards our physical health all the time. No problem. Or like I tell people all the time with a university, you know, the amount of money they're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get a four-year degree from learning from someone who makes 50 to $60,000 a year. Mm -hmm. When I paid $6,000 to have Ross and Jess, who are multimillionaires, teach me how to build a business Mm -hmm. in four months. And, and there's ongoing coaching, you know, masterminds and things like that. So like, for me, it's a no brainer. And people look at that and they go $6,000. I'm like, you paid like $50,000 to go to school for four years to learn from someone who is not a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And what did you get out of that? Okay. A piece of paper, a degree, skills, tools. Sure. But like the way that we're redefining education and what we do and the way that we, you know, the way that you've helped you and Ross have helped people become coaches and different things like this to, to share their, their knowledge and their value with the world is, I mean, it's groundbreaking, Mm -hmm. you know? So I want to know what your thoughts are on kind of where this industry is going that we're a part of that's, I think, going to change the face of higher education and, and is already, but also, you know, some of your tips and tricks on, on money and, and how to, and, you know, some of the things that people ask you and things like that, like money is such a, it's a controlling thing, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. if we don't learn how to control our mind around it, I get triggered still constantly, you know, with like, we all do. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, Okay. Well, I'll start with the first question, the industry and where it's going. And um, I have mixed thoughts because I'm on, I'm on kind of both sides of this spectrum here is one side. I think it's incredible because we are all are we are all healers in one way or another, and we all have unique gifts. And it's really important for us to bring those gifts online and to be sharing them with the world and to really deeply embody them, which can also take work. Because a lot of us were ashamed and we pushed away our unique gifts and uh, it can take dedication and work to bring those back online and to become, you know, fully present with them. And I think I love seeing people doing that and fully showing up because when you share your gift in a really authentic way, you can't help but change the lives of people who come into contact with you because mm-hmm. it's just our natural, it's natural. Right. But then there's another side of the industry I'm seeing where it's kind of cookie cutter. There's a lot of, okay, we need to hit 10, 20, 50, hundred K months. And there's so much focus on the money. And there's so much focus on that on there's almost this stigma of, you know, being a six figure coach and people I see have become almost, um, like taken into this, like vortex of, um, the coaching industry where they've kind of pushed aside, um, their intuition or their values or their gifts and they become cookie cutters by what you know from what a lot of coaches out there are teaching there's a lot of business coaches coaches who teach people how to do things and those things might work but it's bringing people out of integrity with their intuition and their gifts
0: well i think and it's so- it's uh it's you know racing the purpose of why we're here mm-hmm. like where's the why it's not for the six figures that's that's obviously you want to make a good living doing this cuz you're spending a lot of time doing it but why are you here in the first place to to really like the, I mean, I feel rejuvenated when I get off a call with a client, whether they paid $5 or they paid $500. You know what I mean? If it's a good, if it's a good coaching session, it's a good coaching session. You know Exactly.
1: And I think I have so much hope because there are so many people like you and not to say that I think there's a lot of people who do have that genuine, um, whatever you want to call it inside of them, Mm. Um, but kind of just got swept away and they'll find themselves yeah. again. And I do, I do have hope for where this industry is going. Cause I think that it, um, there are a lot of incredible, incredible coaches out there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's some people just have to go through that process of, of relearning to come back home to themselves. Because when I, you know, when I think about my work and I've been asked this question before, and it's like, my work is not my purpose, Ooh. uh, I don't consider it my purpose. My purpose is, is not coaching. I, it lights me up. I love it. I get off a call and I'm lit up and I love helping people and I love everything about it. And I know that I'm meant to be doing it, but it's not my purpose. I don't, um, I know I find purpose. I think just like in the way I'm living my life, my purpose is following my heart, Mm. following my soul's desires. Like that is my sole purpose. And so I think that when we put so much pressure on, this is my purpose, I need to get all of my purpose from this. Uh, you know, my purpose better be successful. I need to change as many people's lives as possible. There's so much pressure that people get caught up in. I need to change a lot of lives and I need to make a lot of money that oh. they're no longer actually like living from this heart centered place while doing the work. Right. And so I think it's a big shift to just be in this place of, no, my purpose is the way I live my life. And that just creates this like trickle into every other area of life, including coaching. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's an important distinction, uh, between people who are moving through this space in integrity and people who are moving Mm -hmm. through this space, um, kind of really there, a lot of people's actions are being pushed by unconscious pain and, um, I understand that because we've all had places in our business where that happens. So right. I think right now the, the entire industry of coaching is going through a death and rebirth process.
0: Um, I agree. I agree. I can see that happening for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, you know, this now it's popping up as you're saying this, the, 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 biggest thing you taught me is feeling my feelings. The second thing you taught me is that everything in the world is inherently neutral mm-hmm. and we give it value. Mm-hmm. And as a society, we give a lot of things value positive or negative value that we shouldn't that it is actually like not in our best interest to do so but it's you know it's it's easy or fun or intoxicating to do so but i think even with conversations with family members or like you said i have to create this this is my purpose i have to change lives i have to do it's like you put so much pressure and so much you know energy towards that when in reality like the concept of you being a coach is a neutral concept that you put a positive or a negative spin or whatever on it. And when you move through that in a way that, you know, the surrender concept that you've taught me, you know, this, mm-hmm. this surrender of like, that was so hard for me. I was like, I'm a control freak and everything has to be the way I want it to be. And yeah. there's no other way to do it. You know, you describe, I use this all the time, the butterfly and the ant concept, mm-hmm. right. Where you have the, the, the ant on the ground and they can only see so far. And, you know, for me, it was like relationships. It was career moves. I was like, oh, this is it. This is going to change my life. This person's gonna be my husband. All these things, and then the butterflies up here going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Relax, okay. There's, there's a we gonna see what's ahead. Yeah, yeah. They're higher up. Yeah, what's ahead? And so that the butterfly being the universe, you know, allowing you to be guided. And I was not letting the universe as much as I was a universe believer and energy and all this stuff. I was not allowing the universe to participate in my journey, and that was holding me back in so many ways. I didn't know until you opened my eyes to that because I was like. Well, yeah, of course it participates. That's why I get to do all the cool things. and That's why good things happen to me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but I am so like meticulous about making sure that things happen a certain way that I wasn't, when I would get stuck, I would get really stuck because I wouldn't allow myself to be free like what you do and be like, let me just see how I can feel guided. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. Like these are my options and I'm going to pick one, period, mm-hmm. end of story. You know what I mean? Like we can't, we got no time to waste here. And I was just always on this time clock Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, Yeah,
1: completely. I mean, like everything you're saying, I experienced all of that too. Like I was just like what you described, you know, maybe five, six years ago. And it took me a long time to unlearn all of that. And, you know, we, I can talk about how I live. So surrendered and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, surrender isn't something that just happens because you just, you learn the concept of it and you decide to try it right. It's so much deeper than that to actually learn to embody it. And, It has to do with what we're talking about, you know, being able to feel and be with the sensations in each moment, because like I said before, we all want freedom and -hmm. we think freedom means having more money or having more time or all of these things, but what we really want, like what freedom really is, Mm -hmm. is in our relationship to each moment, and how we're feeling, right? Because would we feel as anxious about this choice? If we felt neutral about the sensation of rejection Right, if we knew that it could just move through us and we weren't um, resistant to the feelings of rejection, or we weren't resistant to the feelings of um, sadness, or whatever it is that we're afraid of, because all of our actions we take, you know, that you're describing from this anxious energy, are all in avoidance of feeling something. Like, why do we try to control our reality? Right, we control it so that we don't have to feel rejected, so we don't have to feel like a failure, so we don't have to feel not good enough. But what happens when you? you know, break down all the walls around your heart and you allow yourself to actually feel and be present with every single sensation you realize, okay, that was painful, but I'm still here. I'm okay. I can do it. And it gets easier. So that's what real surrender is. It's opening up and allowing yourself to feel because when you're in a space of, okay, there is no feeling that can completely break me. I'm willing to face all of them because I've already been there within myself then we no longer have to fight with reality to control it, because we're open to feeling anything, knowing that it's always in service of our highest good and our highest path, mm-hmm. right? It's and what that's what we resist. Embodied, exactly, and that's where real embodied surrender comes from, is right. coming from allowing yourself to feel every sensation, having um, a a loving relationship with the present moment, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. right? No longer resisting the present moment and allowing in that way, life to guide you toward where you're meant to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All yeah. easier said than done.
0: All easier said than done. Like when I tell you the process, gosh, we've worked together. I'm trying to think now it's been a few years now mm-hmm. since we started working together. And the if someone would have told me the journey I was going to go on, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to build business. It's going to be great. Like we're going to do all these things and I'm going to feel better and great. And I'm like, no, that is not, it's not (laughs) a linear. And I mean, logically, I think we know that like, especially as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years. I was just working in other industries and it's never been easy. Like, but I'm ready for the hustle. Like I'm here for the game. You know what I mean? And so, but I think that's the craziest part too, is that is why now I teach entrepreneurs how to have more by doing less Mm -hmm. and how to enjoy the journey of building instead of waiting until you deserve a day off. Mm -hmm. You know, like we incorporate rest and play into the process of building your dream life. And I wasn't doing that as an entrepreneur. I was just ready for the hustle. I was ready for the game. And I knew it was gonna be hard work, but I wasn't ready to go deep with it Mm -hmm. and to really like get in there um, I just was like, give me a task and I'll, I'll achieve it and I'll achieve that. And then some, and it's like, it's not always about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much more to it that we don't realize that we're avoiding. Or like when we started talking about numbing, I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do it. I'm like, I don't gamble. I don't numb. And you're like, oh yeah, you numb with work. <laughs> you just work your ass off. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, what? That's a thing. Yeah. Like it's people. I mean, these light bulb moments of like, Oh, like just the awareness of what we're actually doing yeah, and realizing how that's affecting how we're holding ourselves back. It's really just us, right? We're, we're our biggest roadblock in everything that we do. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't think I was numbing with work. I never would have thought that that was a thing until someone looked at me and was like, yeah, you're just a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel comfortable.
1: Exactly. And numbing, we all do it. And Sometimes the most difficult forms of numbing to work through are the ones that are hiding under the surface of something that we deem as healthy, like working or, you know, a form of numbing. And for anyone who doesn't understand what numbing is, it's just kind of um, pushing away emotions you don't want to feel. Right. Uh, Another form of that could be doing the inner work or doing the healing work. People get stuck in cycles of obsessively trying to fix themselves Mm. instead of just pausing for a moment to be with themselves. You know, we need to be with ourselves to actually embody whatever it is we're trying to step into. And it can, it's a lot easier to do program after program after program or journal prompts all day long uh, or meditations all day long than it is to actually sit with ourselves in the discomfort of whatever emotions we're avoiding or sit in the discomfort of, I don't know who I am. I don't know what's going to happen in my life next or whatever uncomfortable feeling is present. So numbing or avoiding or repressing or pushing away can look like a lot of things and they can look really healthy. And I think this is another reason why I have a problem with some parts of the coaching industry is because you look at, you know, pull up a hundred coaches, Instagrams, and you just see like this perfect life. And then we have people who are dying to learn from them because they want that life. And they think, Oh, when I have that life, I'm going to feel this freedom that I want. They must have it. And you have no idea how they're actually feeling Mm. because they could have forced their way into that life and they could feel high levels of anxiety at all times. And we would never know. And so I think a lot of um, the Instagram world right now is built on like image Mm -hmm. versus built on feeling. So I always Mm -hmm. tell people before you hire a coach, no matter who it is, or before you listen to any podcast or follow anyone on Instagram, take a deep breath and breathe into their energy and feel them mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with your eyes closed rather than just looking at what their life looks like right which is a lesson I've learned after the years is it matters a lot more Um I care with the people that I interact with more of what is your relationship to the present moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's your relationship um, with your heart yeah much more than how much money are you making Um, how much free time do you have how much do you travel and uh this is also one reason I feel like I've stepped back from Instagram a little bit It's because I found some people even looking at my life and, and thinking this like I just need her life and you know my life will mm. be better, which is why I love having my podcast because I can be really candid yeah. and really share what the process really looks and feels like because it can be so um glamorized. Yeah, glamorized mm-hmm. and um yeah. Yeah. So it's I love it's, that. It's really important. I would say the number one most important thing is your relationship with the present moment, your relationship with your heart, um, Mm -hmm. your relationship with the sensations that move through your body. That's where you find freedom. And that's where all else will come from that you're, you're desiring and you can hustle your way and you can force your way and you can manipulate your way into any kind of life you want, but I can promise you, it's not going to feel the way you think it's going to feel until you're willing to be with yourself first.
0: Definitely. I I agree with that. And that's the person we're avoiding a lot of times, right? It's so easy to be around groups of people and not sit with ourselves. I mean, I was doing that all the time. I was surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people all the time. And I rarely had time to myself. Yeah, And so like being able to have that, create that intentionally. Because if you, again, if you don't schedule it and it's like self-care days, it'll never happen. Yeah. So it's so easy to just keep that going. Um, I do want to jump back real quick to the money question. Oh, I, I forgot really about that question. It. No, 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 you're good. I did too. And we got off on a really great <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to cut it. So, um, but just because, you know, you have a lot of yeah. expertise in that area. And I think a lot of people, they think, well, this is all fine and dandy, but like, I don't have the money to pay for a coach. I don't have the money to travel like you do. I don't have the money. Like It always comes back to a financial burden. Um, and I think that you had a lot of really great things to say about, you know, surrendering to that kind of mindset.
1: Yeah. I mean, money is huge in the beginning. Like you said, I did start out as a like, quote unquote, money manifestation coach, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what got me into my journey is, you know, I hit rock bottom so many times. But my biggest, I was kind of a failed entrepreneur for probably four years or so before I started had any kind of success. I hit rock bottom so many times and I was a failed entrepreneur for maybe 4 years before I had any sort of success at all and I think I struggled so much because um a lot of my mental health was based on me not having money and me being broke and me being stressed about not having money and I was literally giving myself a budget I think it was like I had like 7 dollars a day for food and I wouldn't buy avocados because they were too expensive and um it was Really difficult, and I remember just thinking there has to be another way. Mm-hmm. This cannot be how life is meant to be. And I began to learn more about manifestation and relationship with money, and I began to focus all of my efforts toward that. Uh, All of my efforts. I mean, I was waking up at like four thirty a.m. before going to work, and just studying and studying and studying wow. and studying, and practicing and applying everything to my life, and uh, spending all the money I had on on coaches at the time. And I remember I was I the first time I hired a coach. I sent my rent money on that coach. And that started my entire journey, it changed my entire life. And so in terms of tips, um when it comes to money, sometimes like the basics, like what are the ways that you're speaking about money? Oh. Are you complaining about it all the time? Uh or is your dominant energy gratitude around money? Like one of the first things I taught my mind around money was to pick up every penny I found and to stop for a moment and feel gratitude for that piece of abundance and just start to expect abundance to come my way. I remember I used to um, also, I didn't have that much money. So I would go when I wasn't feeling abundant and I would um, tip my barista like $3 or something like double the cost of my black coffee and it would feel so good. And then I had this like just habit of whenever I could giving, giving, giving. And I started to receive, like I was having friends give me gift cards out of nowhere. And I was getting checks in the mail. And so I learned by these little tiny things, this didn't shift my big picture bank account, but it shifted my internal state of abundance. Mm-hmm. I realized the more that I embody abundance, even in the little ways, the more I'm able to receive. And so that's the way
0: of the universe, you know, like like the way of everything out comes back. So if we're trying to hold on to our money, no money's going to come in because you're not putting anything out. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. And I think it's easy to put a lot of pressure on money. And this is something I always used to explain is imagine that money is a lover because we have a relationship with Mm -hmm. it, with the energy of money. And imagine that money is your lover. If you are talking shit all the time about your lover, what would happen? That relationship would probably fail or create resentment. uh, If you didn't trust your partner, if you were calling them like every single day, every single minute of every single day, wanting to know where they are when they're coming home, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't work. But that's how we treat money. We talk shit about it all the time. We always want to know when it's coming, what's happening, or we're not surrendered to it. It's not a healthy relationship. It's a toxic dynamic for most people. And so the very basis, like, baseline of money manifestation just comes back to cleaning up your relationship with it treating it like if you want we want to personify it like a person that you love and respect and deeply care about mm-hmm. um and this is like part of this surrendering process is realizing that we don't need to micromanage every single thing and know everything about whatever it is that we're attracting whether it's money or anything else in the universe right and so that was where my journey with money started Um, and it kind of continued to there continued from there. And over the past few years, it's, it shifted a lot. And I don't focus my teaching specifically around money anymore. Although those teachings are still important. Um, I've kind of moved to a place of focusing, like fully focusing on internal alignment and realizing that any place in our life, including money that we have, um, higher levels of distrust is a reflection of our level of distrust within ourselves or uh, with the universe, with God, with life itself. And so when we come back to ourselves each time, when we start to clean up those areas, we naturally will feel more trusting in the other areas of life. And so Mm -hmm. we oftentimes don't even need to put all of this focus and effort on cleaning up or manifesting money. And sometimes that can even be an avoidance of whatever the real um, pain point is deep within us. And so that's more of where I uh, focus my work now. And it typically ripples out into every single area, including finances, because when you're no longer trying to control your finances and you're actually in a deep surrender, as with every Mm -hmm. other part of life, you begin to attract exactly what what you need without needing to control it. Um, Right. Because what
0: is meant for you will always find a way exactly and that's so. very hard for i think it's harder for people who are driven and motivated you know i actually think that people um you know that live in small towns that are i think i feel like they ha- have an easier time with surrender because they just kind of you know they they move through the world with this mindset of i'm going to do what i need to do but everything's going to fall into place
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: think as entrepreneurs and people who are hustling and trying to make Big things happen. We get caught up in the idea that, like, I have to be different. I can't be the person that's going to sit back and just wait for life to happen because that's not how it happens. We know that. Mm -hmm. But there's a balance Mm -hmm. between taking necessary and intentional action and also surrendering to the process. And in my case, allowing the universe to participate in my decision making. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just the one calling all the shots and the universe wasn't able to play a role at all, even though I thought it was.
1: Yeah. And I think, of course, there is completely a balance, but a lot of this comes back to energy and intentions. And the reason that I moved away from focusing all my work around money manifestation was I saw a lot of people getting almost um, like addicted to this idea of manifesting more money. And it became all about I want to hit that next number. I just want to manifest the 10 K or the 15 K or, or whatever yeah. number. And it became almost, um, I don't know, not for everyone. Um, but it can be easy for that to become almost this addiction. And also it's like this avoidance. An it's another, yeah. it's an obsession and it's another way to numb what we don't want to look at is, Oh, if I can just hit this number, manifest this number, master money manifestation, like, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna finally feel good. My life is gonna be perfect. I have it all figured right. out. It's gonna
0: fix all my problems. Exactly. And that's the thing is we expect. Again, it's talking about external things fixing you. When in reality, fix what fix from the inside out, and the things around you will shift. Uh huh. Exactly. And
1: I think an important question for everyone to ask themselves is: Okay, whatever that number is, I really want to manifest. I really want to hit. Like I would just oh, I would feel so good if I just had that 10K or 20K or whatever, maybe it's a million for you. I don't know, but whatever that number is, um, what is it that manifesting that money is going to give you permission to feel? Hmm. Is it going to make you feel worthy of pride from someone? Is it going to make you feel just at peace and make you feel internally free? If you actually had that feeling right now, you were able to embody that. Without the would money, you, without it. would you f- still feel that desperate need for it? What if you felt all of those ways right now? Right. Would you actually care about the money anymore? No, right. the answer is you wouldn't. Right. And so it really shows us that none of us actually on a soul level are desiring that next number. It's not right. an actual soul. They're desire.
0: desiring what it can do for us. The soul desire and if you is give yourself deeper. that feeling. Right. Then that all those things will come to you anyway, because you're not chasing it.
1: Right. But it's also easier said than done because to allow sure. yourself these feelings that we project our manifestations means once again, we have to break down the walls around our heart. But if we do that, it means we're also allowing in or allowing ourselves to feel pain that we don't want to feel. Right. And so instead of saying, okay, let me break down these walls. I'm willing to face this pain because I know it also means I'm opening up space to allow in everything I want to feel. It's a lot easier, a lot easier to say, let me push that away and let me go find the three-step process to manifest 20K next month. And mm-hmm. let me just focus on that. It's wow. a lot easier to do that than having to actually be with ourselves. Once again, it always comes back to that. Mm-hmm. And so this is why when a lot of people work with me, they say, okay, Kristen, like I want to manifest this in my business around, I want to manifest this much money, or I want to manifest XYZ. And almost all always, we start working together and we never even go into the topic of money or business. I've had multiple women come to me to build their business. And we never even, we never even got there because it was so much deeper. They felt drawn to me, but they didn't really understand why. And they thought they wanted to build their business. And I've had multiple women, women come to me for business and then end up manifesting like the love of their lives and falling deeply in love with a best friend and realizing that, Um, you know, their focus and desperation around business was actually just a way of avoiding their deep desire for love and their fear of failing in love and life. And so we never actually know what we want because our conscious mind projects all of these, these
0: things, well, things we think will make us happy Yeah. when in reality, if we had a different circumstance that we didn't know was available maybe to us. Yeah. I've, I've had that happen. That's exactly. Wow. And, um,
1: you know, a lot of people end up manifesting in the end, what they want in their business, or I've had a lot of people realize, wait, this isn't even the direction I want to go. I just thought this was the way that was going to bring me the money or make me feel more loved or everyone else was doing it or whatever the reason is. And there was actually a deeper soul desire and a different direction. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it might've still been entrepreneurship or it might've just been, there's been so many different. Um, ways this has happened. But sometimes we're so focused on the next goal that we don't even slow down to check in and say, wait, is this a soul aligned desire? And if you found yourself in your business or in whatever you do, working, 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 and working towards something and it's not happening and you feel frustrated, sometimes it's because there's something else that wants to come online within you. There's Mm -hmm. a slightly different direction or something else that wants to be expressed, or there's a soul desire that you're not either conscious of or acting on. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to be able to like you're banging on a door that's already locked. And there's Mm -hmm. another door that's already open that you're not even allowing yourself to see because you're so tunnel vision focused on manifesting the money this way. So when you allow yourself that space to slow down and really be with yourself, That's when you get to come actually fully into alignment with what your soul desires for you. And when you take that path, that route, everything happens with a lot more ease.
0: Mm -hmm. I like saying these days that helps me as a good reminder is being stubborn with my goals, but flexible with the methods. Mm -hmm. just because it's, I wasn't back in the day before you, you know, when you met me, I was not flexible with my methods. I was like, this is how it's going to be. And I was really like coming on here and telling you how I wanted to do it. And I was, and that was not getting me anywhere. It just wasn't, you know, and you're right. It needs to, you need to understand that like, there are so many different ways to accomplish the same thing or to something even better that Mm -hmm. you don't even know is available to you, but you're so stuck on this, you know? Mm. And again, that's the ant and the butterfly concept. It's like, we don't see past our nose sometimes. And we have to just, that's the concept of surrendering. I think for sure is the universe has our best interests at heart. And if you put out into the universe, what you want to achieve, they're going to figure out how to do, they're going to move the pieces around. You don't need to know the how, what, right. You told me that all the time.
1: You don't don't need to know the how
0: that's it. The how makes you feel safe but you don't need it, it does. and it does.
1: um yeah i think it's really important also to have flexibility around your your desires because i think a lot of people say okay this is my goal this is my vision this is my desire and i'm not going to stop until i get it but sometimes a goal a vision or a desire isn't meant for us to actually manifest that goal vision or desire mm-hmm.
0: sometimes having
1: a motivation towards something gets us on a path um maybe we're supposed to meet someone uh who's going to give us the key to the next Wherever we need to be next, or maybe it was something we needed to learn or experience we needed to have, or we needed to start moving toward this to get the inspiration to move toward this. So, oftentimes, we get an idea of I have this desire, this desire has to be mine. Uh, It's meant for me. I'm going to work toward it until I have it. And sometimes that desire was only meant to move you in a certain direction. And at some point, it's like we have this internal compass and it might be pointing you toward that desire. But then once you get close, maybe that internal compass is moving. But you're so set on, I need to manifest every desire that I have because it's meant for me that you don't follow your internal compass and realize this was only a bridge to get you here so that you could follow this bridge over here to something that's much better. Mm. And so sometimes we can actually sabotage ourselves by over-focusing on a desire, not realizing that the desires of our heart are meant to change and adjust over time. Mm -hmm. And they're always moving us. You can always trust the desires of your heart. They're always moving you in the right direction but it's not always that you need to have every single one. Sometimes it's just a bridge
0: Mm -hmm. and,
1: um, or an anchor that's like anchoring you into this timeline in your life or anchoring you down this path, because without that motivation of that desire, you would have never followed this path that got you here. That's able to get you now over there.
0: Right. Right. Um, Yeah. I've had coaches like that. I've had coaches mm -hmm. that have led me to other coaches that have helped me understand how to be open-minded to certain things that if I wouldn't have said yes to this I wouldn't have said yes to this and mm-hmm. that's what changed me and yeah yeah I I I resonate with that strongly um well as you can see we can move on like this for hours <laughs> this is uh this is a conversation we love to have and I'm hoping that you guys are are getting a lot of value from you know just the the realness and the and and just the way that we're, we're moving through these conversations. Um, I want to wrap up just with, you know, this, I feel like the moral, the whole kind of central theme here has been surrender. You mm-hmm. know, whether we're talking about your feelings, surrender to your feelings, surrendering to your identity breakdowns and breakthroughs, um, and surrendering to money and just whatever it is you're trying to manifest. Um, what do you feel, uh, that you would want to say to someone who is having trouble getting started with the concept of surrendering? I
1: would say stop trying to surrender. Trying to force surrender is actually the opposite of surrender. You can't try your way into surrender. It happens naturally and it happens by accepting the present moment as it is, no matter what that looks like. And so sometimes that means okay, right now I feel really frustrated because what I want is not happening instead of trying to surrender. And I'm just going to trust the universe. I'm going to breathe deeply right now. And I'm going to try to force myself to just be okay with this. The truth of the present moment is that you're not okay with it right now. Right. And you can't force yourself to be okay with something that you're not okay with. That's just repressing under this umbrella of surrender. It's really just bypassing ourselves, like gaslighting ourselves basically Mm -hmm. um, under the name of surrender, but it's not true embodied surrender. So say, stop trying to surrender and make yourself okay with what you're not okay with. True surrender is saying right now, I am so frustrated and upset. And you know what's underneath like this, this anger and rage that I'm not where I am. It's sadness, right? Under that rage, there's like some sadness and there's some grief because I'm feeling really unlovable for not being able to meet my goals. Um, And so can you actually be with yourself there and like express those emotions? Like maybe first need to go punch your pillow and scream because you're so frustrated that life isn't going the way that you want. Mm -hmm. And then maybe, or dance it out, like right. Or dance it out. Who knows there's a million ways. And so that's what surrender is. Surrender is in each and every moment, allowing yourself and allowing reality to be exactly as it is and to feel exactly how you naturally feel without trying to change it or fix it or make it different or make it better. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when I'm really angry, I'm frustrated at life, but I'm going to try to surrender and stay calm you're rewiring that same belief that says I am not lovable. Um, when I'm in a state of anger, when I'm experiencing anger or when I'm yeah. experiencing frustration or when I'm experiencing sadness, I need to as quickly as I can move into a state of calmness and peace and being okay with everything and Zen to feel lovable, to feel worthy of attracting what I want. Right. So surrender often looks a lot different than what we, when we imagine surrender, we think of like, right. Someone like meditating super Zen on a mountain, Um, but you're going to get to that surrendered place of actually being okay with like, not going your way and feeling surrendered by first experiencing Mm -hmm. the real valid sensations of the frustration of the anger, of the sadness. Right. It'll move you naturally into an embodied surrender over time. I love that.
0: (laughs) <laughs> love that. Yeah, I mean I go back to the Evan Almighty movie where he says if you ask for patience does God give you patience or does he give you an opportunity to be patient. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is so true. Yep. Right. 100% of the so, time. So, and anything that you're going to ask for, it's, you know, you're going to be um I don't want to say tested, but you're going to you're going to, you know, move through some uh life experiences that are going to uh, you know, try your Uh, you know, your new way of thinking. And, and that is what, when I knew that the the work was working was when I would react differently um, and more preferred that I was looking for to situations I had already come been confronted with. And I was like, oh my gosh, old me would have done this and new me did this. And I'm so proud of myself for that. And, and that's when you really see the work working and you just, you start to not, I don't want to say it like you don't care, but you start to like, not care as much about being in control and, and things going your way. When you know that, like, what's meant for you, will find it, will find you and that, and that, that lack of wanting to control everything is so that's, that's true freedom for me. That's where I really feel like, holy crap. Like here I am living in my truth and not caring that so-and-so is doing this and I'm doing the, you know, it's like, I'm just in my, I'm, I'm in my space. This comparison that we do all the time is what I think gets us in that, that raging place. Um, and when you're just focused on you and your grass and your, your area, like life opens up for you. It really
1: does. That is true freedom. It's all in your relationship to yourself and each moment as it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not out there. It's not anything external. It's nothing physical.
0: Right, you can't manifest it. Yeah, it's I agree. You. It's you. You're you're the superhero. That's your yeah. power as being you. So, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for what you did for me, for what you're doing for so many people, for the daily reminders that I have from your curriculums, from your podcasts, from your teachings uh, you listening to your story, people who want to know more of Kristen's story, we're going to put all her links. Um, but just listening to your story where you were and the mindset you were in that is so relatable when you were living in Colorado and all these different things. And now what you're able to do. And you're like, I know I can help people. I know I'm going to transform lives and you are, and I'm living proof of that. It's, it's just incredible Mm -hmm. to like, thank God, for people like you in this world that are really making the the damn difference, honestly. Yeah, So oh, that means the world to me,
1: really. Oh, you're gonna make me yeah. tear up.
0: No, absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, that means the world to me. And this is why it's so important for people to share their gifts unapologetically, really. And yeah. to do whatever work you need to do to allow yourself the, the permission to full, show up fully as all that you are, because it's scary. I still... I have vulnerability hangovers all the damn time right. and it's still scary and difficult for me, but I continue to do it. Um, yeah,
0: definitely. you know?
1: and, um, yeah. So, and you know, that's why I love seeing like now you're doing it. Yeah. And well, you gave the me the confidence to be
0: like this. You can do this too. And I, and I knew, I, I mean, I, luckily I grew up with a lot of confidence, so I knew that I had a lot to share. Um, but you know, you get, into this societal world of like, oh, degrees and all this stuff. And, and then how am I going to do that logically? And how am I going to do spend all this time and financially? And you get into all the logistics of it and you're like, let's just focus on, you know what I mean? Like you really helped me to hone in on what I could control. And that was, that was super powerful for me. Um, but you're doing retreats now and internationally, Doing all (laughs) kinds of things. You're still doing one-on-one coaching. Uh Tell me a little bit about kind of what your offers are right now. Um, and that, and we'll have everything in the show notes as well. But, um, if you just want to share like how people can get in touch with you or what you're offering at the moment.
1: Yeah. So I do have a retreat, my first ever in-person retreat and we're going big. Yeah, um, total Kristen style. Uh, we're doing it in Greece in spring. I'm so excited. It's, um, yeah, it's come together even more beautifully and magically than I could have ever imagined. Uh, so if anyone's interested in coming to Greece and spending a week with me, it's going to be magical. Uh, I'm also doing one on one, uh, mentorship for people interested. Uh, typically only take on a typically three clients at a time. Um, but, um, yeah, so if that's something that someone is interested in, they can reach out to me. Uh, I'll give you the link for the application or just reach out to me on Perfect. Instagram. Uh, Perfect. and then I am really feeling into what I'm doing next. If so I'm going to open my mastermind again, I kind of feel like something new is brewing. Don't know exactly what it is yet, but, um, awesome. I'm going to have a group container, um, probably opening in the next month or two. So just Love that. keep your eyes open. If that's something that you're interested yeah. in
0: stay tuned and listen to her podcast. She always tends to announce fun things there. We'll put all that in the show notes and, uh, yeah, just thank you again for everything that you're doing. Thank you for being here and sharing your, your, your gifts with us, um, and your story. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I just love this. This is a conversation long overdue and I'm so happy that we've been able to have it.
1: I agree. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. It was an honor.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Recovering Perfectionist podcast. I'm Christine, and if this episode resonated with you or spoke to you in any way, please feel free to share. I absolutely love hearing from you guys and your thoughts about the topics based on your experiences. And also, if there's anything you want me to talk about, just screenshot this episode and share it on social media with your comments. Your feedback really helps me to curate episodes that best serve you. If you have time, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave a review wherever you're listening to this episode, whether on Apple or Spotify or any other platform, I'm wishing you a blessed week ahead. And remember perfection doesn't exist. Take messy action, healthy habits, keep us balanced and you are enough.